Year Is with Red and Bobby. Welcome to the Year Is podcast, the podcast where every episode, me, Bobby Mayer, and fellow comedian Red Richardson travel back to a year in history and talk about the weirdest, the most fucked up, the most interesting things from that year. But first, we have to talk about the last week in our lives because they have been seminal for both of us. Yes, not great. You've had corona. And you were robbed. I was robbed by a gang of children. We'll start with me, uh, <laughs> because I think yours is even more pathetic well, than what's been going on with me. We'll see. I had to cancel all of my work mm-hmm. uh, this week because I had asymptomatic COVID. And as you know, we have a like three-month-old baby, and uh, it was incredible. So I got COVID, and then Harriet said oh no, what should we do? Because she didn't have COVID. And I said, I don't know. And she said, you stay down here. I'll go upstairs with the baby. So you got the TV and the couch. And the dog for a week. Not and sure I just had to listen to her taking care of our child for a week. Did I miss the child? Yes. Did I miss Harriet? Y- yes. But <laughs> did I have a spa vacation on a couch? Yes, I did. <laughs> It was great. Harry would text me and be like, I haven't slept. And I'm like, oh, yeah, me neither. <laughs> Don't call me for two hours. We'll be napping. <laughs> just had to lie about. She's like, is it really hard? Are you really sad? I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm just really I'm really struggling with this. It's horrible. I just have a dog asleep on my chest while I watch television. But your dog's worse than your baby. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> I mean, your baby's great and your dog's fine, but, uh, that sounded bad. Sounded like your baby's, but ba- yeah, I didn't mean it like that. Um, but you get what I mean. Like the dog's more high maintenance than your kid. No, the dog's fine. Yeah, it, okay. it's, it, it relaxes after a while. It just, it doesn't like you. The dog sees you <laughs> and just. Well, it seems to not be able to leave me alone. It's, yeah, because you smell like raw meat. <laughs> My dog thinks you smell like raw meat, yeah. so it kind of like it, it just me. it stays around you because it 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 correctly senses this guy knows where the food is. Oh my god! Well, this guy can take me to the chicken. <laughs> That's what the dog like. So yeah, I I feel like didn't you say once that when you were in India, a pack of dogs just started following you? Remember they all sat down by my feet. Yeah, because they no, thought like, that's because they thought he's the pack leader. No, they thought this man clearly knows where all the meat is. That's not what they thought. They thought this guy is um, is strong, reliable, and in charge. Yeah, so there you go. What do you think a single parent does with a if they've got coronavirus? Well, say they, a single dad. They just take care of the baby. Well, no one does anything now. They, the the, 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 the so time Harry, of people caring about COVID is ending. But if Harriet had gone away on a well-earned two-week just retreat on her own, left you with the baby, and you had coronavirus, how would you? You'd have to like fishing rod uh, milk. No, I think you just take mouth. care of the kid and accept the kid's going to get COVID. If okay, and hope for the best. Like odds are it'll be fine unless the kid is has some kind of. Weaken immune system. So you wouldn't have to put it two meters away and just try and get food in its mouth, like throw it. Red, it drinks milk. You'd have to shoot it with a fucking. <laughs> You'd have to super soak it up in the air. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, just yeah, hope yeah. It lands in the mouth from two meters away. <laughs> That's the only way. Well, I was robbed. Um, I was um, so I was uh, walking along. There was a homeless guy there. He asked me for some money, and I was on my e-scooter, which 
listeners of the podcast will know I've been uh, into recently. Never again. It's a poison chalice. They look like fun, but they'll lead you down the wrong path, as I found out last week. And this homeless guy said, can I have some money? I said, you know what? I'll give you a tenner in cash if you take a few action shots and videos of me on the e-scooter. Here's what's insane about that. You started, that I don't trust homeless people, but if I, if someone has no money, you started by giving this stranger mm-hmm. your phone yeah. and and then getting on a scooter and scooting away from yeah. your own phone and just hoping he'd be there when you got back. <laughs> if I was him, I would steal your phone to teach you a lesson. Well, it's no. nothing about homelessness. I would just take your phone and be like, okay, well, now you don't get a phone because you're fucking stupid. Well, I could zoom after him on the scooter, you know, and no disrespect for the guy. I don't think he was uh, he was hardly an athlete, let's say. Um, so I go after him on the scooter and just club him down like I was in a medieval war I'm on horseback. But anyway, what I like about that is <laughs> you're in your in your in your deluded plan. <laughs> People watching would just see a guy on a scooter mm. chasing a homeless guy and clubbing him. Yes, it would be horrible. <laughs> and I just say, look, I just wanted a few action shots. And that sounds even worse because they go, oh, you were actually a psychopath completely. So I, I gave him my phone. He then took a load of shots of me. His thumb is in all of them. He's not a good photographer. So I'm just going to say to anyone out there, if you're in Camberwell, and you need some action shots, <laughs> do not trust the man who sits by the HSBC because he he's not good at his job. Um, so he did that, and then he gave me my phone back, and I looked, and they're all fine. I was like, can we just do one more? These aren't good. And so we did one more loop, and he's just taking the piss at me the whole time. He's like, here he is. Look how fast he's going. Oh, it's Prince Charming. Yep, Red, because you look insane. <laughs> who gets a stranger to film him on an e-scooter like it's really cool? It's... It's not a hovercraft. What I wanted is to put it on Instagram with that song, Low Rider, da 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 da, and maybe slow motion zoom shots past. That would be very cool. Anyway, these kids come up, about 16, this young girl, and she says, Oh, me and my boyfriend want to use one of these. How do you use it? And I say, Well, you need the app. And they're like, Is it okay if we just go around the park once on yours? Wait, wait, wait. How old were these people? 16, 15, maybe. And w- would you trust 15 year old you? Not a chance. But <laughs> I don't know what. I was in a giving mood. And they said, I think we can all see where this is going. <laughs> they said, Can we have one zoom around the park? So I said, Okay. Just once, because I'm paying by the minute. Because <laughs> I don't know if you've used any scooter. It's like an Uber, but you're just paying for every every minute you have it. <laughs> and uh, so they said, yeah, sure. Got on it. She zooms off. The boyfriend just runs after her. And a few of them like appear and scuttle off as well. So I start running after them. And uh, so I'm, I'm legging it after them. Did Shane. they do a lap around the park first? Yeah, they did a lap round, then zoomed around me. And then I like, managed to kind of catch up with them. And they zoomed around me on this patch in Camberwell Green, just zooming around me. <laughs> and like you're being bullied. One of them called you're me. You're being bullied by teens. They called me a fat dickhead and zoomed off. I think that both of those things, there's truth in <laughs> that I, statement. I ran after them. I ran after them and... Uh, I, there's t- I was shouting, stop them. And I saw these two guys and they said, what's going on? And what's happened? Did they just knock you off your scooter? And I said, no, I let them have a ride. You know, and they've just gotten, they just looked at me and laughed and said, you're an idiot. <laughs> so I, I was on the phone to um, 
Lime Scooter, I think it is, and their offices are in California. So I'm speaking to an American woman who it's probably like 4 a.m. for them on a 24-hour helpline. And it took, I was on hold for ages. And then she's like, so what happened? I had to tell her that they mugged me because <laughs> I, I couldn't say. And I'm like, where are they? And she's like, they've traveled four and a half kilometers. Then you get your bill back, which luckily she cut, cut a tenner. But you got, uh, it took me an hour to get the thing canceled. And then you get your bill back and they can show you where they've been on the scooter. And there's a little ring. <laughs> at the beginning of the journey from when they were circling me and calling me a fat dickhead. What's what's great about it is I told you to call the police. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think, but I thought, well, I didn't realize they could cancel like that. I thought, well, Red, if these kids destroy the scooter, you're going to be liable for the scooter. Yeah. But then when I told you to call the police, I did say you also gave a scooter to people are at an age that they're probably legally not allowed to drive one. So you might have committed a crime. I didn't think of any of that. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> just thought, really... look at these young kids. I have a little Zoom around them. <laughs> um, and it was the oldest I've ever felt running after some going, come back here, you little hair. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like Homer Simpson's dad. <laughs> so did they char- how much did they charge you? It was only 10.50 in the end, which was good because I told them I'd been robbed. And I was like, you guys really need to look into this because <laughs> it's, it's rough out there. <laughs> So that's all, um, but it was sorted. And I wasn't going to call the police because don't want to get the kids in trouble, you know. They just need to learn. So there we go. That's been my week. <laughs> it's just so funny that you, the day that you're really trusting. Mm. Oh, never again. I'm giving no one a thing ever again. Ever. That's it. That was my final act. This is the day Red becomes a Tory. <laughs> that was my final good deed. I hate to say it. Had there been an election that day, <laughs> <laughs> I would have voted for whatever stripped the rights from children and, and left the worst planet possible. There are, there's no party. Red, there's no political party. There's not running. one bad enough. Trust me. <laughs> there's no party running the platform of, we want to strip the rights of children. Defund schools. Anyone under 16 isn't allowed healthcare anymore. It would have been all, all that sort of stuff. You pay your own way. The day you turn 18, your parents give you a bill for everything yeah. you've ever spent. Yeah. And you spend the rest of your life in servitude to in your prison. parents. <laughs> yeah, this would be like Hitler not getting into art school. Well, uh, Red Richardson uh, famously lent an e-scoot to some children. <laughs> it really radicalized him. He went down a dark path. Yes. Yeah, so uh, that was a financial hit. Which isn't good in these times. Um, if this kid was 16, I think legally, could you box him? Well, box him on the nose. No, I mean, could you box him like in a boxing match? Is that a thing? Oh, yeah, but they're nifty, these kids now. They're all trained. Uh, but, but legally, I, I'm just saying, could oh, you... Oh, yeah, I could probably smack you could him You settle the it in the ring. Yeah. Well, if you can legally have sex with a 16-year-old, surely you can punch one of the nose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. But, you know, you can't. They'll be, like, jumping out of bushes through my legs. Well, boxing. I'm talking to a boxing ring. Yeah, but, oh, I don't know. You wouldn't get one of them in there. They're too sneaky. (laughs) I'd end up tied to my own lime scooter being driven around somehow. (laughs) To the front. On the front, like a pirate ship, you know? I'm strapped to the front while they drive me through the streets of Peckham and their friends throw eggs at me. When it happened, did you have any flashbacks? 
to like a moment in your life when you were a kid taunting an adult and yeah thought, yeah loads i fully deserve that like what we used to throw conkers um onto uh people who could... there was a, a, a phone box in the train station by our skate park and people would go use the phone box and we'd pelt them with conkers while they're in it <laughs> so crack against the you know and they couldn't get out <laughs> So, yeah, I, I get what it's like to be young, wild, and feral, but there's a point in everyone's life when you just want to put some slippers on and vote Tory. And <laughs> <laughs> I think I've reached it. No, I, I'm, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> but I was, um, I was on Instagram earlier today. Okay. Um, I was on Stories. Yeah. Saw your wife, Harriet uh, Kemsley, on Stories. Um, Talking about uh, how men and women shouldn't have joint bank accounts. Well, I mean, I think that's insane because she spends more than I do. Yes. But, so for me, Rosie earns more than I do. And I think we're a team, you know? And so say if she earns 40 grand a year. You think 20 of that well, is she yours. Could, she could, no, she could get a pay rise by joining counts of me and earn 50 grand a year do you know what I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I have spent i mean i had money and then i literally bought all of this equipment for the podcast and yeah. spent all of like all of my money <laughs> okay well i think this is a good time to say we yeah. are we're starting a patreon yes <laughs> now for, for those of you that don't know what patreon is it's a subscription service where you subscribe monthly at the price of a cup of coffee, three pounds, five pounds, there's different tiers. Yeah. And here's what we're going to give you, okay? So you might notice this episode has been released on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. That's because now if you want to get the episode on Monday, you have to subscribe to the Patreon. But the, the most exciting part of the Patreon is that we are doing an extra episode every week. Yeah. I think that's what's really... yeah. And it's a, it's an involving you episode because as top historians, uh, world renowned top historians, me and Bobby regularly talk about um, famous dictators, famous inventors. We now think you don't have to have invented something or or killed loads of people to be remembered. So we want you, the normal people, to be remembered. So if you write in stories about amazing things you've achieved, whether it's drinking 20 pints and driving a jet ski, anything like that, or invented something stupid that no one recognizes, write into us. It could be any great moment from your life, and we will discuss it on the podcast, on the Patreon exclusive, and we will put you on our Wikipedia page on our Hall of Fame for the year is. So you will go down in history yeah. on Wikipedia. Yeah. Whatever you said us, we can use a pseudonym if it's something gross. You know, if you cheat on your wife once a month and you want to tell us about it. <laughs> it could be anonymous. It could be completely anonymous and we, we could use a pseudonym, whatever. And email us at the year is podcast yeah. at gmail.com. Okay, and I'll walk you through the Patreon tiers because I think they're pretty fun. So the three pound tier, you get the episode 48 hours early and you are a Wikipedia wizard. The five pound tier. You become a world-renowned historian. That's better, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's really good. And you will not only get the free episode 48 hours early, you will also get a weekly episode where we, you know, With talk about our listeners' biggest events, and they go down in the annals of history. <laughs> 
Is it an owls? Annals. Uh, yeah. And the annals of history. Uh, Make sure you sign up now because starting the week of the 18th, there will be a new episode every week on Patreon. Then the £10 tier, you are a genius. Yep certified by us that can be used in job interviews and it's yeah it's it's legit you will get all of that and a signed poster and cameo kind of style video where me and red thank you personally and beg you to love us we also shout you out on the podcast every week as a producer because it all really helps we put a lot into making this so any donations are great um because our greedy producer jody is hell bent on uh, going to Russia to fight, and so he's he's uh, squeezing us for money every day. So please help us. That's not true. Mm. Uh, Jody's a great producer, but I would also he's say been consumed by greed. Here's what we're gonna do. So just for the people who the early people who sign up for Patreon, we want to really thank you. So if you sign up before June first, you will get free tickets to a live year is online show so it doesn't matter where you are we're gonna do a our first live show online where over i think zoom probably or some platform you can watch and talk to us and interact with us and we'll have you know it'll be great mm-hmm. so sign up now and you won't regret it so the website address is patreon.com slash the year is pod that's where you can sign up and support us for all our hard work and thousands of pounds spent on doing this for you. Okay. Okay. Should we do the episode? Let's do the episode. Let's do it. Okay, this episode, we are going back to 1848, the year that Red looks like he was born. No way to come back? No, I just, um, let's just try You look and do like it. you're 174 years <laughs> <Do> old. <I? laughs> Yeah. You, you look like a, a, a fox with a, with a disease. There we go. <laughs> no, because I'm here to do um, a serious history podcast and try and teach people stuff, whereas you're here to throw names around uh, like it's some sort of horrific rap battle. And that's not why I'm here. That's why I rise above your bullshit and try and give the people what I came here to do. Educate them. I don't think that made sense, but we're going to keep going. It completely makes sense if you have half a brain. Carry on. In 1848, the Fox sisters uh, started spiritualism. Now, if you don't know what that means, the two younger sisters used wrappings to convince their older sister that they were communicating with spirits. Their older sister then took charge of them and managed their careers for sometimes as very successful mediums. So I don't know about you, but I thought psychics had been around for like, I assume thousands of years. Like the idea that people could talk to spirits as a job had been around for thousands of years. I didn't realize that it was only monetized in 1848. (laughs) Well, religion includes, you know, a lot of sort of trust, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) There's quite a lot of Jesus talking to God in the desert and stuff. But yeah, so these two, um, they were the first sort of, spiritual what they were like he's in the room he's telling you to give me a tenner that sort of yes. thing yeah 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 they brought that into it yeah this is quite funny because i come from a place well i grew up in uh went to secondary school in a place called totness in devon where there's a lot of this and there's a lot of very spiritual men 
who uh, who make quite a lot of money off uh, very spiritual rich women. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, bit, a lot of sort of like, you know, close your eyes, hum, and carve your last three numbers of your bank card into this rune stone i'll put it in a potion and now i have all your money but you're 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 healed there's a lot of that so they basically started this it's it's i i did meet one time i met a lady i think was a psychic why what did she say i was in this car said you're gonna ruin a podcast one day (laughs) go on you're in a car i was in a car in canada yeah and uh it was like a ride share so you get in a car and uh you're just with strangers and someone's driving you and you pay the driver like yeah. 20 bucks to go up and uh there's this lady in the car i get to talk to her it turns out she went to high school with my sister okay wait so she predicted your name or something like that <laughs> <laughs> no no I'm, you're called bobby <laughs> but uh but she she was living in like uh malaysia and had okay. became like a psychic yeah and i could tell by the way she talked about my sister that my sister had definitely bullied her okay well, and that she, she like, was oh. definitely a bit weird but um <laughs> why what, what did she say about your sister that made you think she bullied just, her? you know when someone's like i'm like oh you went to high school with my sister they go yeah yeah i knew her you yeah, know what i mean yeah, like yeah, just yeah. that tone where they're like yeah. yeah she exists nice girl just don't uh go to the loo with her because she'll flush your head but then long nails i remember <laughs> but the reason i knew she was a psychic yeah was at the time i had just been on a show called russell howard's good news Ooh, yeah and i uh i think we had, had this i just had said that to her mm. and then she was like i think you should do a program called the good news like i should do my own Ooh, maybe did she have YouTube? Maybe she knew. On maybe she went on YouTube, saw you on the show. No, okay, but you'd already done the show. I'd done the show, so it wasn't really psych. It was an afterthought. Like that's not psychic. That's the opposite of it because it's realized something after it's happened. Well, she was temporarily displaced. That's like me saying, "I think you should move to England." Ooh, <laughs> now. <laughs> I already live in England. Yes, that's the point. Uh, You've already done good news. So she's the opposite of a psychic. No, she had the vibe <laughs> of a psychic. I think you met someone who just knows stuff that's happened, which is, <laughs> which is just a basic human being. Did she say she was a psychic? She implied she had spiritual <laughs> skills. But now, yeah, maybe thinking about it, maybe she wasn't a psychic. I think what this implying is, is actually you don't know what a psychic is. <laughs> no, she had a vibe. There was a vibe of like... Mm. Yeah, something about her, you know. Yeah, yeah, spooky, spooky. A spooky. Maybe she vibe. just did ketamine. That's possible. <laughs> That's, that could be it as well. So these two sisters, the Fox sisters, I've read about them before. Didn't they both? They both um like, didn't they trick their family into thinking there was a dead person in the house? <laughs> and they used to do this knocking noise, didn't they? Where yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Knock, knock, knock. And they go, "Oh, someone's here." Oh, it's. It, and they get, they get the neighbors round, and everyone started coming around and listening to it. And it was them. And they tie a, an apple to a string, I believe, and pull on it secretly so it would knock against the other side of the wall. And they, everyone would come round and go, if you're here, do something. And it would go, knock, knock. And they go, three times if it's the devil. And they go, knock, knock, knock. 
And everyone was like, oh, my God. And everyone started to believe that there was a dead body in the house that had been murdered because of these girls. And it became a phenomenon. And they were about 13 or something. I used to just prank call the local pub. But this is, this is something else. What's really good is that in 1888, Margareta confessed that their wrappings had been a hoax and publicly demonstrated their method. Then... Obviously, they lost all their work. People hated them. So she attempted to recant her confession the next year. And she said, I'm not actually. No, she said at first, I'm not a psychic. Yeah, it was yeah, all yeah, a lie. Yeah, yeah. And, and then a year later, she was like, I am a psychic, I actually. Yeah. Uh, but their reputation was ruined. And less than five years later, they were all dead. And Margareta and Kate died in abject poverty. Yeah, they became alcoholics because obviously the lies. So, But they went so long. It's like something you start as a kid. And then didn't their sister became their manager and would tour them around. They yeah. do seances to like 2,000 people. So they go, I'm feeling something. And when they, I heard when they exposed what they were doing, um, they got paid $1,500, which in 1848, God knows what that is. A tasty, you know. That's a good chunk. The drinks are on them. Let's just say that. Um, but they, do it, they did it live. This paper paid for them to do it live for 1500 each. And um, they basically just went, hey, guys, and all these fans who'd flocked to see them were like, we don't believe it. You can't, you know, you are real because, you know, some people have to believe. Um, they went, look, you know that noise you made? Here you go. Knock, knock with their knees and then did the apple. And everyone went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently other spiritual gurus were trying to kill them off because they didn't want, it's like the magic circle. Like, do not reveal that we're all full of shit. Yes. <laughs> It's still going on to this day. There's always some weird guys like a herbal and what you know what I mean. Like we we saw that guy on Instagram the other day. It gives people a comfort. Yeah, yeah. And it, you know, fair enough. But just don't take people's money. I mean, I knew actually, but sometimes they're horrible. Yeah, I knew this site. I I I uh, like a relative died, and then they got a psychic involved. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to reveal who it is. But then they played a tape mm -hmm. of the psychic to me. Mm -hmm. And it was fucking horrific. The psychic was just like, I can feel his spirit. Mm. He's saying, I don't want to be dead. Oh, no. Why would you do And it's just like, you're a fucking oh, cunt. Just take the, take the 60 quid and say, he's saying he loves you and he's having a great time. Yeah. He's at a foot spa forever. That's all you need to say, you know? It was. He's in the Bahamas, but in heaven. It was dis I was <laughs> Why like, would you say I that? was like 12 at the time. And even at 12, I was like, this person is <laughs> fucking disgusting. <laughs> it's not enough that you're conning people because I'm assuming they paid him. Of course they paid oh, him God. or him or her. I don't But I can't remember. But I just remember like being so angry because I'm like, this is horrible. Yeah. Like, what a horrible thing to do to somebody. Yeah. But like if they give comfort, fine. Someone's a bit dumb and they just want to someone to say listen your cat is actually very happy they're gonna hit by that car yeah, because it's, that, it's been reunited with all its cat friends yeah, in yeah, heaven yeah. who are also hit by cars and it's <laughs> and it's mom who you got put down and it's dad who you got put down actually it's very happy to be away from the people who killed its parents <laughs> It's saying, actually, it hated you. Yeah, exactly. There was a guy in the tabloid newspapers back here. I think it was The Sun. 
but he's probably still going. He was called Justin Toper, and he was a stargazer. And he'd always, they had a little picture of him, which they shouldn't have had, because he had this long, he looked like Jimmy Savile, kind of. He had, like, long blonde hair and this fake tan. And you're like, this guy just fucking phones it in every weekend, you know? And he was like, what a job. He probably gets, like, a couple of hundred quid on Sunday. He goes, oh, shit, i got to fucking bash out the horoscopes again. Just does, you know, 12, da-da-da, you're going to do this and watch out for the green man. And someone goes, oh, the green man. And then they, like, run out of peas and go, oh, that must have been it. Because the mental gymnastics people will do to believe this bullshit. It might not, but just, yeah. I think the minute you're making money, there's something's going on, isn't there? And I like to believe there's other things because it's a nicer thought. But I do not for a second believe these uh, crusty old crock-wearing men who are extracting (laughs) money out of desperate single women. As we speak across this country, a lot of – I went to India, a lot of these guys there, a lot of very spiritual men who, you know, have very spiritual connections with young women. Do you know what I mean? Not good. They're usually manipulators. So watch out. If uh, If you're getting your palms read, and he asks for your bank details because he needs them to tell your dead grandma um, that you're doing well. Don't give them to him. Do you have you ever been to a psychic? No. Oh, actually, as a kid, me and my mates got our palms read. What do you remember what they said about you? Yeah, they said we don't know what you're going to do, but you're going to be very respected for it. <laughs> and you know what? You know why she didn't know what he was going to do? Because podcast didn't exist back then. And there we are. Respect and the things she didn't and see. She could have not been talking about this, though. She could have been talking about just like... Well, she wasn't talking about the fucking kids who robbed me, was she? No. <laughs> she must have been talking about this. No, she's just all she said was, you're going to be respected for what you do. Yeah. That could mean anything. You could kill a murderer. Yeah, that's an option. Next that. year, you could kill a murderer and be in prison for the rest of your life and have a horrible time. But I'll be respected. But you'll be respected. That could have been what she was saying, actually. Yeah. You could be falsely accused of murder, Yeah, have done nothing, go to prison for 30 years, but after 30 years, get out of prison, having your life destroyed, Rosie's moved on, she's married another man, <laughs> your kids won't speak to you because they think you killed... Um, your parents are dead, but, <laughs> but yeah, you won't have co- confessed to the murder because you didn't do it. And then I'll get cleared by a young journalist who'll become a millionaire and it'll be a big podcast. And then and I thought it was going to be this podcast, but it's actually that one. And then you will be respected for your refusal to confess to a crime you didn't commit and then i'll get cleared and then on a year after i got cleared to the day i'll get hit by a bus no they'll figure out you did actually kill someone else (laughs) and then you'll go back to prison i prefer that what she meant was that she didn't know what podcast yet but it was this podcast and i'm deeply respected by all the listeners apart from the guy who sent a picture of me as a chewing gum with a pube on it (laughs) thank you very much anything else to say about these two sisters both died but basically just two mean girls and it went too far you know they're they're just hustlers hustlers have existed i don't think they started as a hustle i think it was a joke and then they went oh my god everyone's absolutely fucking stupid and it went on for 40 years though do you think they sometimes had drinks together when they're backstage in the green room going you know how long are we gonna do this for 
it's just like being a magician. Yeah, but that's kind of, you know, everyone knows it's a trick, you know? Excuse me? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Magic isn't real? Yes, of course it's not real. We are over the moon to bring you this episode sponsored by Manscaped, who are our new sponsors, and they're brilliant. They sent me and Bobby a uh, performance package in the post, and it is fantastic, isn't it, Bobby? Okay, they gave us like these these like waterproof trimmers that are amazing. Yeah, and like I hadn't shaved my pubes in years, yeah. and I mean years, because right when I started dating Harriet. I did it with a razor, and it was like a bloodbath. Okay. So I just gave up. But now they, they, they I feel like, oh, it's just, I'm just going to let it grow. Yeah. But they, this package I sent us, it's incredible. No, yeah, Bobby no longer looks like an orangutan because of Manscaped. <laughs> you shaved your beard today using the beard trimmer. Well, I think that might have been the ball trimmer also. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's, either way, it doesn't matter. It's great. They've also got a nose trimmer, which for me was becoming, because I have to keep the tash, which uh, is, is is my key feature. I and think we can all agree. Without the tash, I'm nothing. I did think a while ago it was less mustache and more nose hair growing onto your lips. That's lip. the problem. So what you got to do is uh, try and shave around it. Not with Manscaped. I now have a nose trimmer where I can shave my nose without damaging the tash whatsoever, keeping the money maker. They said it's like this like ball wax. Ball wax uh, to make your nuts smell better. You know, a great gift, the ball, uh, it's a ball moisturizer, so it makes your balls not smell. If they get sweaty and disgusting, you're sitting in the office laughing too much at our pod, uh, causing your nuts to sweat. Or if uh, your whole family has a problem with your dad's nuts and they stink every time it's breakfast, all you can smell is his stinky balls, you could say, hey, dad, here's some uh, manscaped nut cream to make you stop stinking and ruining the bloody scrambled eggs in the morning. So it's great. And what we want to tell you now is that you get 20% off if you use the discount code YEARIS on all Manscaped products on their website, manscaped.com. So please go there, check out all the stuff they got. They got boxes, which are the most comfortable things I've ever worn in my life. I went to Liverpool on an eight and a half hour coach journey the other day, and it was an experience only made bearable by my Manscaped boxes because usually I'm being choked from below by cheap pants that don't care about me. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. Now, let's get back to the episode. 1848, the gold rush, Bobby. Yes. Gold was discovered in a river in America by a man called James W. Marshall. He discovered it. He was working at a sawmill um, called Sutter's Mill, owned by a man called Mr. Sutter. Anyway, his discovery led to... Wait, you're telling me Mm. that Sutter's Mill... Mm. It was owned by Mr. Sutter. <laughs> what? Yeah. That's why he called it after his surname. It wasn't a coincidence. Okay. Yeah. Just in case you were wondering. Um, would be some coincidence if it was. Anyway, he discovers the gold. And in the space of seven years, 300,000 people migrate to California in search of gold. Hence the name, the gold rush. But at the time, California was still part of Mexico. So it's the Mexican-American War. And so there was no actual laws in place as to who owned what. So it became a fucking free-for-all. So you know how now when you listen to people talk about Bitcoin and it's the most boring thing ever, even though we probably should have it and we're going to regret it in 10 years. Yeah. But it's boring. 
Yeah. Back then, the gold rush was prospectors going out with shovels and guns and just fighting each other to try and find rocks of gold. <laughs> Which, if you're in a pub and someone said, instead of Bitcoin, Dogecoin, and they go, I'm actually a prospector. Today, I had to beat a man to death with a shovel because he was trying to, <laughs> trying to come onto my land. That would be a lot more fun. But so the man, James W. Marshall, he found gold in the river and he went and told Sutter, his boss, and was like, look, I think this is gold. And they're like, we can't fucking tell anyone. Do not tell a soul because if we do, everyone's coming here and we don't quite own the land, right? So they try and keep it secret, but they need to test if it's gold or not. So they bring in this local lady who has to boil the gold with lye to see because gold doesn't get destroyed and it you can, I think copper's to gets defaced. I think uh, what's the other one? Like, but gold's malleable as well. Okay, but it doesn't destroy. And so they boil it and lie. They're like, "This is gold. We've got gold, but we can't fucking tell a soul." But the problem is, is you, if you got gold, you can't eat gold. So they needed a way of like making money. But she went and told a, la- a man who owned a shop. He was called. Wait two seconds. He was called Samuel Brannan. Browning? Brannan. Brannan. Was his shop called Brannan Shop? It could be, Bobby. (laughs) But he was an interesting man. So he was a Mormon who was actually friends with Joseph Smith's brother. And when Joseph Smith died, he tried to get uh, Joseph Smith's brothers put in charge of the Mormons. And their coup got foiled by some other Mormons. And they were kicked out of the Mormon ship. And he took a load of Mormons to California with him to try and start his new thing. (laughs) Okay. Instead, he started a shovel shop. (laughs) (laughs) And so the lady comes to him and says, there's, there's fucking gold over there. Or no, she got paid in gold to do it. It's something stupid. So someone comes in with a little bit of gold and pays him, and he goes, Where'd you get this? And they go, At Sutter's Mill. And he's like, Right. So he's very smart, this man. So he goes to San Francisco and starts shouting, There's gold in the river, gold in the river, buy your shovels. <laughs> so he starts selling shovels to people and sending them to Sutter's mill. Sutter's there like, get away from my gold. And suddenly thousands of people would just come to his mill, which let's face it, he almost certainly pillaged off Mexican and Native American Indians, you know? So fine. They all need shovels. They all need shovels. This so guy he's is a, a genius. genius. He's not involved. He doesn't have to fight for the gold. He just goes, oh, I'm not involved. I just sell you the shovel. <laughs> he's the arms dealer, basically. <laughs> so they send everyone there. Um, he, he he makes millions and millions of pounds. He becomes the richest, the first millionaire out of the gold rush. From shovels. From shovels. <laughs> Guess, puts- the only, probably the only millionaire <laughs> from the gold rush was the guy selling the shovels. Selling the shovels. And because he was, they were trying to keep it secret. And this dickhead is just gold in the river, gold in the river. Sending hundred, literally in the end, 300,000 people went because of this tosser. <laughs> and this guy's trying to hoard his gold and get out of my river. And and uh, so they flooded. He, he, he obviously very clever man, Samuel Brandon. He put all his money into property. Anyway, Sutter basically gets told, like, look, get like he's like, get off my land. He hires people to try and fight for him for a bit. His mill starts failing because all the people he hires for his mill want to find gold instead. <laughs> so they go looking for gold. Then he hires men, but by that time it's too late and there's too many people there. And he basically gets told, look, get the fuck out. You're going to die. He dies penniless. The man who found the gold basically tries to start a coup where he goes, this is all mine and controls everyone. And that failed. He nearly got lynched. 
And then he decided he was going to move into wine and start his own vineyard, and that failed as well. <laughs> but he then went, oh, I've got an idea, which is very similar to the two um, spiritual ladies we were just talking about. He said, I'm going to pretend to be a man who knows where gold is. <laughs> <laughs> so he started being like a gold soothsayer, if that's even the right word. But he would go... Wait, what word did you just say? Soothsayer, is that? That's a spiritual person, isn't it? What does a soothsayer I've never do? heard that as a word before. G- Jody, can you have a quick Google? A soothsayer, have you not heard that? No one's heard it's that, It's like a I psychic think. person. They will have. Well, this is why they listen to this, to learn stuff, because I don't just trade insults, I teach. Um, yeah, a soothsayer. Yeah. Um, yeah, a person supposed to be able to foresee the future. I've heard that Thank word. You Seems so like much. somebody put something on Google before the podcast <laughs> yeah. started. Interesting. I could be psychic, Bobby. We can all put words into an internet dictionary <laughs> yes. and then come to my house and record a podcast, Red. It turns out, oh, somebody's got a huge vocabulary. Or are they inventing words? Well, could be. Uh, you could say words like that, too, if you sign up for the £10 Patreon. Genius level. You'll get them instantly crammed into that brain of yours. <laughs> Anyway, so he was uh, pretending to be a soothsayer, and uh, he- you're, you're so happy with yourself. <laughs> no, just for no win, just for knowing a new word. Uh, but though. you were sat there like, "Oh, Red's been an idiot." Ah, oh, and then you look like an idiot. Anyway, let's go back to the gold rush, okay? Okay. <laughs> so. He would go, oh, I, I know where gold is. And he'd take parties of people who would pay him loads of money. And he'd go, I'm feeling gold in this area. Then they dig. And apparently people got so angry with him. They're like, you have 24 hours to find us some actual gold or we're going to lynch you against a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to flee a camp in the dead of night. Went off and lived in a cabin in the woods because so many people wanted to kill him. And he died penniless in uh, 1885, actually. And he, him and um, Seta were actually put on a... A pension of sorts, like they get like, look, you did both find it, and everyone became really rich because of you. But uh, uh, you're not getting much. I think they got like a job seekers allowance for like four years because of it. In the end, was there lots of gold? Yeah, loads of gold. So many people became rich off it. People like there'll be families who are rich off it today, like the Trump family, and that's not from um, California. That's actually Canada. So Trump's family. The reason Trump is rich is because of the gold rush. His family, um, his uh, great-great-granddad immigrated from Germany to um, British Columbia and went gold mining there, started what was a brothel. I've actually got a description of it here. It's so Trump. I'm sorry, I've got to read it quickly. This is this is how Trump's family began. The Trump's family gold rush story began with Fred, as he was known. Well, that's his name, you know. <laughs> he left Germany at the age of 16 with little more than a suitcase. He headed to New York to work as a barber before venturing west in search of riches. I love the way the stuff was back then. Following stints in Seattle and now defunct Monte Cristo, the gold fever carried him to Bennett, where he and his partner, Ernest Levin, built the Arctic Restaurant, which touted itself as the best equipped in town. Sounds a bit, you know, the Latin the language is using there. It's the best equipped in town. <laughs> Sounds very f- familiar. And so basically, it was a, it was a, he opened this brothel, uh, booze, booze filled brothel where they'd go gold mining and they made shitloads of money from that. And that's what tr- Trump's empire is built on from the gold rush. But um, back to 1848, I heard a funny story about these uh, brothers who were complete losers and they traveled out there to try and make loads of money. And they had this, um, they make, they would use their guns and seized a plot of land and were mining it. 
And there were some Chinese immigrants who were also prospectors in the plot next to this who were doing really well. And they were like, our plot's fucked. Let's trick these guys and make them think there's gold here and sell it to them at an extortionate price. So they got some gold flakes and uh, put them in the barrel of a gun because the Chinese guys were like, well, we'll buy your plot. We want proof there's gold there. Got them to come to their plot and uh, put a dead snake in the ground before they got there. And they're walking around the plot and then he sees the snake and goes, oh, shit, and shoots it. And the gold particles come out and the Chinese guys are like, all right, we'll buy this. So their brothers sell it and think they're idiots. Move on to the plot next door. The Chinese guys mine it properly and it becomes the most profitable mine because there's actually gold. (laughs) (laughs) So they were just like, oh, we just ripped off these silly immigrants and then absolutely fucked them. But it just it's just insane. Like there was literally just people picking up, buying them shovels from from a man. Con artists are so fascinating. Yeah. I knew, I, I've knew i had a couple bosses in my life who were complete con artists. I had a boss, and I can't actually say the company name because this lady loves to sue people. Okay. Like, <laughs> loves it. Bring it. But she was, uh, it, we worked at a, it was a kid's catering company. Okay. And uh, she, she had this business where we would deliver food mm-hmm. to, like, nurseries and daycares. Okay. And uh, I was a driver. I found it on like Craigslist and it was really well paid for the time in Canada. Mm. And you'd start at 5 a.m. and (laughs) you'd work until like eight hours. And it was, you know, a good job in the sense that like you just drove around and they paid well. But it was an insane job in the sense that this lady was pitching to these like private religious schools, like Jewish schools and uh, Muslim schools. And she was saying, yeah, this food is kosher. This food is halal. Yeah, you know, and then it would just be like bottom of the barrel food that we're giving these kids that isn't kosher. It's not halal. Of course, of course. She's just like lying. <laughs> and also, like she never when we were working for her, she just never had money. Yeah. It was like the the checks were always late, and eventually, she owed so many people so much money that mm. the business collapsed. Okay. Three times when I worked there, people tried to attack her. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because they were so angry at her for not what, just paying turned them. up at your work and tried to hit her. Yes. Because she had, <laughs> because what she'd do is she'd, you know, we're, we're making this food for like tons of schools. So, so she would just go to like the fruit and veg guy and be like, oh, no, don't worry. I promise I'll pay you later today. Oh, There's no. been a problem with my bank. And I'm leaving so much out. There's been a problem with my bank. But if you give it to me now and he'd give her like thousands of worth of vegetables and then he just wouldn't pay her, wouldn't pay her. And like she drove people insane. And it was all- and then eventually the company collapsed. It all fell apart. And I'm sure I'm missing tons of good details. But the we always wonder, like, where did all this money come from? Like, it just, the economics of the business, like, didn't make sense. Like, delivering, like, food to daycares, but there's vans, there's, like, there's a warehouse. It's like, there's no way she could ever make uh, enough money to do this. Uh, and then it it was in the paper. This lady was in the paper. And it turned out, here's how the entire business was funded. She went into a bank mm-hmm. to try to get a loan for her company. And she said to the person working at the bank, you know, told her about the business model. I'm sure she charmed her a lot. Yeah. And uh, the bank wouldn't give her a loan because she had already went bankrupt before she went bankrupt again. But 
she convinced the lady who worked at the bank to invest in this business. <laughs> that's that's a good hustle. And by the time the business failed a couple of years later, the woman who worked in the bank, who was, a, I think, like an advisor at the bank, had given her over four hundred thousand dollars, like second mortgage, like like God. ruined her life. And we didn't know about her. Well, but this all of my paychecks came out of the pocket of this woman. Oh no! And you know, then eventually uh, the business collapsed. So was, you always got paid. I no, I ended up being owed. I think around a thousand dollars. And I mean, some so people she got just liquidate worse. companies, you know? Yeah. But this one, I mean, she ruined, she scorched the earth. Like, like everyone who worked for that company would name her as like the biggest psychopath they've ever met. Like we'd <laughs> there. I remember once she didn't pay us for like a week and we were all, we were all like in her office. <laughs> ready to attack we're it. all in her office ready. We're like, she's going to come in. You. We're going to, we're going to demand to get paid. We're going to do it. But this lady was so charming. Somehow she walked in and just changed the subject. That's amazing. And like complimented us. I don't know what she said, but five minutes later, we're like, okay, yeah, see you tomorrow. Hope we get the money. Like it was like she was a master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they always are. And this was in Toronto. And then there was, she had another, she had another business in Ottawa. And there was always like rumors from the Ottawa branch. And we never met anyone from the Ottawa branch. Eventually it collapsed. But like there was, I heard like, you always hear stories about like the boss pushing someone up against a wall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, like she was a straight up, we went to her house once and her house was a mansion. Like, of course. Uh, and they heard her husband both drove Porsches. And you thought, how are they driving? It's a Porsche again. Porsches know? when they have this startup business. Where is this money coming from? Yeah. Like, I don't, it doesn't make sense. But she used to work for some big, like, conglomerate. So you thought, oh, she made it rich in the private sector. You know, he didn't know that much about her. Turned out, Porsches were rented. The mansion was rented. It was all rented. Her entire lifestyle of, like, living in this lavish mansion was all funded from this one lady who she was conning con $400,000 out of telling her it's all going into the business could she contact the dead no <laughs> but i wouldn't be Why surprised didn't she? but I, I, I me and me and the guys i worked so i i got people into the working in this place cuz mm. in the end they were not paid their last check but at the time it was like it was almost like $20 an hour when that was amazing in your early 20s and you just drove around. So I got a couple people in working there and me. So, and I lived with the guys too. And she invites us over to her house at Christmas. Right. Mm. And there was this woman who worked for her and it was like, she had got her to come from like, I think Ecuador. And this lady really wanted to go back to Ecuador to see her family, but she couldn't because she hadn't been paid. That's horrible. And this lady brought us over to her mansion for a Christmas party. Oh, my God. While not paying us. <sighs> but it was so <laughs> Invoiced you for the bizarre. Yes. Like <laughs> it was so bizarre. And uh, this this sums up who she is really well. She She got us some Christmas presents. I don't remember what she got me, but she got the lady from Ecuador a picture book of Ecuador. Oh my God. Because she knew she missed home. <laughs> oh my God. That's, is this woman still thriving? So we Google her all the time. That's what I was going to say. We Google her all the time. We want to know what she's up to. We want to know where Fuck. she is. 
and we found her again. She has a new business. What is it? It is a hotel business. Oh, so she runs a hotel. She she runs a hotel. She doesn't own it. She runs it. A couple years ago, there was an article in her local paper uh, that uh, where someone had went to buy, like they were selling. It sounded to me a lot like uh, timeshares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were selling like properties near the hotel, like just okay. selling off the land for like these luxury cabins, which would, I guarantee be just piles of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, uh, there was this article we found in her local paper that someone had written and it was about, it, it mentioned allegations where, um, someone had came in to pay like 30, a $30,000 down payment on one of the cottages and they paid it, but then realized that she had brought in her own private debit machines that weren't the business and she had just taken $30,000 from this person who was paying for the house and then he was like where's my house and they're like oh i took that money but somehow she kept her job skirted those charges and then i just got an article sent to me from my friend who listens this podcast and she's still running this hotel she's like yeah she's the sort of fire fest guy you know they, they, they cannot stop the exact vibe is mm-hmm. fire festival i really want to go to her hotel yeah and just see what it's like say hey there is it like an nft room or something yeah (laughs) it doesn't really exist it's just the The reviews i read some reviews and it was like we showed up there were no staff we waited for an hour (laughs) there's no stairs yeah (laughs) you can't there isn't a place (laughs) on the website it advertises all these great events (laughs) and great activities to do outdoors and there's no activities it's all a lie my bed was a dead dog I, I, I'm trying to describe this lady, but it's impossible to sum up like a super charismatic psychopath. Of course, yeah. And they, they're they sort of on the con side, where it's like Gold Rush is like brutal violence. But there's obviously the guy tried to con and was fucked out of it. I think me and you would have been prospectors in the day. Had we oh, had, yes. We'd have no stand-up to do because didn't, we didn't care about that. that then. No, one, no one liked jokes, so we'd be broke toothless and someone would go there's gold that way and we'd pick up our shovels and i think we'd travel probably wouldn't be able to afford a horse so we'd have two donkeys it would take us <laughs> six months apparently um i can't remember the percentage loads of people died because you'd either get attacked by um native american indians loads of guns went off because they were like riding with guns and stuff and they'd accidentally shoot themselves <laughs> and the thing is if you're out in the middle of nowhere even a like a leg wound is fatal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No doctors. So if somehow me and you made it, which I reckon we would. Uh- <laughs> Here's the thing: we don't like physical work. No, like you have to dig a hole. Yeah, I think we'd try and manipulate people to do it for us. Yeah, like it's like you when you whenever you we do your show in Camden, you don't want to host. No, because you hate hosting. So you try like I the last time I was there, you were like. Oh, Bobby, you're actually booked to host tonight and tried to trick me into hosting because you hate hosting. That's exactly what happened. You'd say to someone, yeah. oh, did you know you're actually supposed to dig the hole and I'm going to just sit here and watch you? Yeah, yeah. What we do is we get there. I pretend to be in a wheelchair and you turn up and go, are you in a wheelchair? And I go, yeah. And you go, do you want to walk? And I go, yeah. And you go, let me see if I can't just do something about that. And then you go, make him rise. And then I'd stand up. Everyone would think you're a genius. 
And you go, I can hear gold somewhere, and we get them to dig it for us. And then the dead of night, we'd hit them with shovels and take our gold back to wherever we lived, somewhere in the Midwest, and build a nice life for ourselves with the gold we earned. More likely, we'd be hung uh, as bandits. Yeah, I'm sorry, you said genius, <laughs> and I just started thinking about the genius level of our Patreon. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which is the £10 tier. Yeah, 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 the gold you'll, tier. <laughs> you'll get a signed poster of And an, of a nugget of gold, yes. which you can uh, legally aren't allowed to have checked. <laughs> <laughs> Do not uh, boil it in lie. Just to uh, finish on this, I just want to tell you what happened to our man. The uh, ever, ever enterprising Samuel Brannan, the Mormon, um, he obviously, so he became a multi, multi-millionaire, put all his money from shovels into real estate and railroads. Okay. Yeah. And then in 1872, his wife left him, took half his money, which I didn't know was a thing back then. I thought you could get your wife sectioned for like coughing. I didn't. I don't, I don't know how he that's a, that I'll, I'll say this whoever was her lawyer in 1872 yeah. that's a good lawyer that's a good lawyer if you got half then his lawyer should have said you know those shovels you have yeah <laughs> anyway um he uh he lost half his money and then some reason <laughs> i just got your joke it took a second <laughs> um he lost all his money. It um, wouldn't be intimidating to divorce someone who just has a lot of shovels and a lot of land. Access to a thousand shovels. <laughs> and a thousand acres. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, she took all his money. His railroad started to fail and then he became bankrupt and died penniless. So he just lost all his money. And the gold rush ended by, cause, but like it, for seven years it was huge. Um, massive people made millions out of it. And then by like 1855 it became like a minimum wage job because – my big mining, you know, a big, big American doesn't let there be vigilante prospectors. Of course. So corporations come in and go, well, we're, we're owning this now. And they started mining with like hydraulic equipment and stuff like that. And basically what happened is due to all the mining, it flooded all the rivers. So there was no water. <laughs> all the animals were dying because there's no oh. way to, so it fucked agriculture. And then there's loads of people like starving, but with bars of gold, like we're rich. And it's like, yeah, but <clears throat> you can't eat. And so it became less popular and basically stopped because they were like, we actually need food. Weirdly. Yeah. So, and the old saying that I've just coined on this podcast goes, you can't eat gold. And we'll make a T-shirt of that, which you'll get free with the no, you genius. <laughs> you can't eat gold. God, I've come out with them, don't I? Uh, we did consider doing a redophile tier, but you... Yeah, I don't want to... I don't think people want to pay to be called a redophile. That's <laughs> just not right. If you do want to be paid to call... If you do want to pay to be called a redophile, let us know. Just come to my Camden gig and I can call you that. <laughs> just, just don't hit me. Um, yeah. Bobby, what was uh, what you what you got else for us? What you got else for us? Yeah, what else you got for us? So when you got higher Wait. Q, you sometimes mix stuff up. Do you know what I mean? Because <clears throat> your mind's like five thoughts in front of everyone else's. On September thirteenth, eighteen forty-eight, Vermont railroad worker Phineas Gage. Cool name. <laughs> Phineas Gage. It's like a name from a novel. <laughs> it sounds like I've conized. <laughs> He survived a three-foot-plus iron rod being driven through his head. (laughs) That's in the head and out the other side, unless he's got the biggest head in history. Uh, Yeah, it was... (laughs) Fuck. That, That would be painful to even look at. 
Oh, yeah. Ow. I'm sure it says he survived, but I doubt he was... Uh... He lived for 12 more years. <laughs> I, I don't, wouldn't want to IQ test him after that. <laughs> <laughs> You're a four-year-old boy now. <laughs> so Gage was... Uh, he was directing like a work gang that was blasting rock and building a railroad in okay. Vermont. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he blasted the wrong way <laughs> and, and an iron rod that was about a couple centimeters thick went, uh, through the left side of his face in an upward direction, <laughs> continuing <laughs> upward through the outside the upper jaw, fracturing the cheekbone, passed behind the left eye, through the left side of the brain, and then completely out the top of the skull, through the frontal bone. It then shot another 25 meters. Fucking So he drilled the wrong way. Yeah, but so he, he wasn't Einstein to begin it with. It shot through his head. <laughs> Maybe because he was so stupid he didn't die. <laughs> He was so dumb, there was nothing to kill. So th- when I first read about it, I thought he still had the rod in his head for his whole life. Oh, my God. <laughs> like he well, just... it went, 20, it went shoom, yeah, 25 yeah, 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 meters yeah, yeah. into the distance. Imagine working with him being like, ah. <laughs> you know, it's bad to even see like someone get a huge. I remember in primary school, this guy playing with a stick and he snapped it and it went through that soft bit between your thumb and your index finger. And it was just horrible. But this would be like. Him just said, ah, ah, <laughs> someone the, just vomiting. The tamping iron was smeared with blood and brain. God. Yeah, uh, he was thrown onto his back and gave some brief convulsions, which makes <laughs> sense. Chuck him on his back and stamp on his belly. But within a few minutes, he spoke, walked with little assistance, and sat upright in an ox cart. <laughs> And got driven into town, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, about 30 minutes after the accident, a physician found Gage sitting in a chair outside the hotel and was greeted with one of the greatest understatements in medical history. He said, Doctor, here is business enough for you. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, he had a giant hole in his fucking head. He could speak. Business and a rod had just went through his jaw and out his brain. He'd lost some of his brain, but could still walk around and talk. That's, yeah, that's very impressive. God. And then this doctor just treated him for like months and like cleaned the wound. And luckily he actually stumbled upon one of the few doctors in America that knew how to keep him alive. Cause he got really ill a couple months later and went to a coma, but this doctor just knew how to clean the wound and like, and what did he dealt put, with brain injuries before put in the hole? I just shoved stuff in it. I don't know. I, I don't know what they did. They just, you just, it just be his hole. And he carried the rod with, around with him for the rest of his life. Why? Just his, that's bad luck. It was his friend. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was. So it's a party trick. You go, hey, look at this. Wham. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you can make a living, actually. Pay five pounds as a sort of freak show. No, he didn't go into the freak shows. It was before the circus, kind of, mm. time-wise. But, uh, you know, he moved in back in with his parents. That makes sense. But then he got bored and he went to Chile mm. and drove a bus. Oh, uh, yeah. Would you? Because Chile, I, the, the roads don't look that safe. I just now. wouldn't let a one-eyed guy drive, really. Like, one of his no. eyes was kind of sealed shut. And but, he went to me back with his mum and dad. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Yeah. I got a bolt through my head. Yeah. Well, not a bus, a coach. He drove a coach. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine getting on the bus. Hi. <laughs> oh, Hi. 
you're going to be driving us along this mountain terrain. <laughs> he was, uh, his friend said he wasn't the same guy. No, I, yeah. Afterwards. <laughs> what, they're like, he's really changed. But it was like the first case where they realized... The bolt's really gotten to his head. <laughs> oh, God, sorry. Go on. It was the first case <laughs> where they kind of realized that, like, injuries to the brain affect the personality. Yeah, yeah, before yeah. Before that, they didn't necessarily make that connection. Most Anyone before that who had a brain injury mm. probably wasn't going to be alive anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Whereas this guy... He had a metal rod go in his jaw and out his head. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just a bit different <laughs> after just, that. Did so he's it goes through his head, goes twenty-five meters. He's put on the donkey cart, which means one of his colleagues walked over, got the bolt, walked back and was like, just in case you want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that's crazy, because I wouldn't even I wouldn't fancy my chance of surviving that now. No, I don't think, I think. If it was like a game show and they're like, for a million pounds, we're going to shoot this bolt through your head, but there's going to be a helicopter waiting, <laughs> taking you straight to the top brain surgeons in the country. I'd still go, I don't think I'm going to do it. Thank you, Ant and Deck. I'm not at all. But I love in the game show, they're not even going to do it in the hospital. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> We've got the chopper. It makes it more exciting. We've got the chopper here. (laughs) I'd be wanting to stand next to the brain surgeon (laughs) whilst they did it. I'm a celebrity. Shoot me in the face with a bolt gun. What's your, like, biggest injury you've had in your life? Um, Like... Black eyes, you know what I mean? You've never broken a bone? No, not really. I broke my nose. I, like, jumped to get, grab a tree off a ledge, and I, like, I saw it as I was jumping like Superman, and I just realized halfway, I'm not getting there, and I just went, whap. And I was, like, six, so you don't put your hands out if you're stupid. So that happened. What about you? You've broken your arm twice. Yeah, I broke my... Slipped on ice. I did. I Yeah. I mean, well, I'll tell you... What happened? Yeah, you've heard the story. I have, yeah. But I slipped. I was on my way to a gig, and I was running there, and I slipped on the ice, and I broke my elbow, but then I had to still stand up and keep running to the gig because I was late. And you had to do the gig. And I did the gig, and then I went to the hospital, and then it healed, and right as it was healed... It was icy again at the end of winter, mm. and I was I slipped on the ice a second time and rebroke it. Ah, yeah, that's horrible. That's uh, weak bones. Do you drink milk? Yes, I drink a lot more milk than you probably. Well, you didn't have any milk today in your fridge because Harriet's left, and so there's just nothing here. <laughs> um, you need to drink some milk. I'm worried about your bones. I drink milk. Okay, well, I've never broken anything in my life. <laughs> No hitting on the podcast. I was just <laughs> trying to break your bones. <laughs> yeah, that's not Let's nice. see how strong your bones are. No, that's not nice to do. <laughs> Jody, stop him. <laughs> but you've just never broken a bone. No, milked up to the fucking eyeballs, mate. You're ready. Tr- strong bones like a bull. That's why they call me the young bull. Who? Those kids who mug me. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fat dickhead. Fat dickhead. Did you call them anything back? No, they're children and there's people running. Like, it was a packed place. <laughs> fucking embarrassing. The sun was out for the first time in ages. So it's rammed, you know? And everyone just goes. But everyone who saw it happen knew it was happening apart from me, you know? <laughs> thing is, I grew up around there and we used to get robbed like eight times a year. And I don't know why my football, I remember these kids used to come on and go, give us a kick. And I'd be like, no. I don't know why I thought it, everything had changed. I think I was having a good day. And I just thought, you know what? It's a young couple. I'll give them a spin on my uh, my lime scooter, and it backfired. Anyway, what else is there, Bobby? Oh, I actually have one thing. Okay, I want to tell you about a guy who interested me. He is a French painter called Gustave Gustave Calibut, which is exactly how you say it. Exactly how it's pronounced. Wait, yeah, that's how you say it. Yeah, you say Gustave Calibut, French. Why do you move your head like that when you say that's it? how you say a French fucking name? Do you, do you speak? Do you, I, French people move their head. Pop, T- Timothy Chalamet. Okay. Yeah. Timothy Cheslanche, um, mm, the French American actor. Wait. So what was his name again? Gustave Caliboute. And what did he do? <laughs> he was a painter. Okay. Okay. Best friends with Monet. You know Monet. You didn't move your head for that one. Monet. Okay. Yeah. You know him. You've heard of him. You probably call him Monet. Yeah, Monet. No. The painter Monet. <laughs> no, it's Monet. Okay. If you're cultured. So he was best friends with him. So, Calibute had uh, a very rich dad who was a judge and inherited loads of money because they were involved in ceramics, which isn't probably that good, you know what I mean, if you look, look into it. So, this guy was a super talented painter, but didn't need to work because he was a multimillionaire. So he'd paint loads of like incredible things, but refused to sell them. And he was as good as Monet. Okay. But he was the reason Monet survived because he would buy his paintings and he would put on uh, exhibitions. So just this rich guy who was super talented and just put on all these people. He, yeah, he just funded and bankrolled these, these painters who were the uh, Impressionists. They were known as the Impressionists. But he was a good painter, actually. He was a good painter himself. Because usually... Yeah. The rich guy who's it's involved, the, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're great. Yeah. It's like, it's just garbage. Yeah. But because he was rich, he refused to be like center stage, which is incredible. You know what I mean? Like, that's really good. And so he funded the whole Impressionist era. You know, that's not, I'm, that's artists. That's not people going, I'm from Scotland. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he, he funded it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he funded it, yeah. I'm Dolly Parton. Yeah. This guy does the best Al Pacino. Yeah. <laughs> I, pay, I pay him to do it every day. <laughs> but so he funded that whole era of painting. But so at the age of 34, he refused to let anyone even see his paintings anymore because he wanted to build his yachts and he didn't want people to see his work. Okay. So he just lived in France, probably in Monaco or something, just cruising around on his yacht. And um, uh, they discovered all his artwork like 80 years after he died, and it was like incredible. And one of his paintings went for it's like 11 and a half million in 2000. Like it was incredible. And I've looked at his stuff, and it's really, really good. You know, some art that you're just like, that doesn't look like what it is. He mixed the good, like, oh, it's a tree. I can tell it's a tree. Wait, red. Yeah. 
just you describing an artist is great. Okay. What, what I'm saying is, you know, when you like go to an art gallery, which I would never do because it's the most boring thing in the world. I've seen pictures of them. Yeah. You've seen, wait, you've seen pictures. Well, of you art. see pictures of art and it's like, this just went for 65 million at Christie's or wherever. And it's like a zebra on rollerblades with a human head. And there's like, it doesn't even look like anything. And you, it's like 65 million. You're like, what is this? Yeah. It's like, it's not about the art. It's about how you make you feel. It's like, it just makes me angry. So is that art? But not this guy. Not this guy. It's like it's actual stuff that makes you happy. Like angry art doesn't. Like if it makes you annoyed because you're annoyed at the. It's like shooting a lion. Watching that would make me angry. Is that art? No, it's just killing a lion. Anyway, Gustav Calibotte. He did these amazing things that looked how they are meant to look. You go, oh, that's definitely a bunch of flowers. That is, but it was a bit of a slightly hippie like woo on it. You know. Okay. So it's proper stuff. So he mixed the, oh, I'm being a bit, you know, so it's not just a postcard, boring picture of flowers. It's got a bit of a twist on it, but not too much the other side, like Picasso, who just fell off completely. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though? Like Jackson Pollock, you know what I mean? It's like throw paint against I just, I get, like, when I think of someone like Jackson Pollock, I just I love the hustle. Yeah. I don't know enough about art to know... If Jackson Pollock is a great artist. Yeah. But I know enough to know that a guy throwing some paint and then selling it for like millions of dollars is amazing. Yes. It's I'm insane. like, yeah, that's what I want to get into. It was that or speaking to dead people were his two options. And they're both <laughs> the same thing. Jackson Pollock is basically a psychic. Um, but yes, yeah, so this guy um, did all these amazing things, refused to be sent a stage, paid for all his rich friends. And sorry, pay, was paid for all his poor friends and made them rich money and stuff like that. And just f- back. what I'm saying is, is there a talented billionaire comedian who by chance listens to this and will just give us money and store all your jokes in a thing and me and Bobby will find them and sell them in 40 years for loads of money? Yeah. Is that too much to ask? Can we get a fucking break, please? For once? Anyway, that's me on that. Sorry. Gustav Calibotte. Need more of you and less of Kylie Jenner's. I had a year when I was a kid where I, I thought I was a really good artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd like sketch people mm-hmm. and I loved to like draw people. Yeah. And I was, I'm not saying I was like eight years old, but I loved it. I was obsessed with drawing people. Yeah. And I've never gotten better at drawing. Like at eight, it was okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then uh, my skill just flatlined. Yeah. There's so many things in my life like that. Like I was a really fast reader as a kid. Yeah. But then eventually everyone just catches up with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. impressive anymore. No, no, no. It's weird what like, anything you do as a kid, everyone goes, that's amazing. If you manage like poo in a potty, <laughs> yeah. you get a round of applause. Now I could do 20 minutes of stand up, stood on the stage making jokes I've thought up and people will watch in stony fucking silence. <laughs> so oh, how about I just shit in this bowl then? Maybe you'll like that. <laughs> I just, I miss potential. I can drive a car. <laughs> I think that's that's the best part about being like 18 is you're full of potential, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just some kids aren't. No. Some kids you like they're going down the fucking pan. I remember being in physics and I'd see this kid called Jason who'd just be playing with a Bunsen burner. I'm like, he, when is he going to use this? You know what <laughs> I mean? Like let the kid go out and spend the last 4 years of his fucking before it's just bang, social services, four kids, fucking drug addiction. Let him play with a tractor or something, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me you're saying when you were you had those thoughts at that age? Yes. I feel like you're in hindsight. No. I don't think I don't think sixteen year old. Are you, are you suggesting Red, I'm psychic, Bobby? <laughs> I don't think sixteen year old Red looked yeah. at a kid and thought, "Let him go play with a no, tractor." But I, no, I would because we'd be in maths and they'd be talking about algebra and stuff like that, and you'd be like, "Look, this. Look at him. He's got six kids already, and he's got two pencils <laughs> up his nose, and he's smoking a fag while you're talking. He does not need to know about algebra. I don't need to know about algebra. I'm not going to use it. When have you used maths ever in your life? Apart from like, oh, what's six plus four? You know, anything above that, you just whack out your calculator. You know, it's just like pie charts. You're like, oh, fuck off. It's a waste of time. <laughs> Absolute waste of time. Red, do you know how me and you like privately sometimes talk about how like not everyone needs to express their opinions? Yeah. I think that might be true of you because you have opinions on things that no one else does. Well, they're here for the pod. Like your, your, your entire range of opinions is like that of a 78 year old man. <laughs> like you just had focus, you focus in on the tiniest details well if you'd have been robbed by a bunch of children this week i think you'd be speaking the same way it's just so yeah you, you've in a week you've morphed <laughs> to an old man because it's like like we are in a world where like your cu- currency is like having an opinion on the most like popular event right now or the whatever people are fighting about online and then our jobs is to be like well i agree with this side i think the left is right oh i'm a right wing person i think that is correct mm. but like what you've done is mm. you have passionate opinions about why math is important <laughs> But you're as passionate about that as J.K. Rowling is about trans people. As Putin is about Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I, I, in your future, I see a lot of... This is me being a psychic. Yeah, okay. In your future, mm-hmm. I see a lot of people being talked to on buses by you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then getting off early and pretending it's their stop when it's not because you're like why did we even need to learn math and they're like i'm gonna oh this is me sir nice to meet you i hope you find your family or me too i don't know when i can't find her that could happen but it's good to have a uh, course bobby it is it's very good to have a course okay yep so it's come to that time of the show Dick of the Year. Okay. I'm pretty sure the dick of 1848 was Karl Marx for publishing the Communist Manifesto. Okay. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, are there some good ideas in it? Of course. Sure. Have hundreds of millions of people died because of it? Yes. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Dick of the year. (laughs) It's that quick. Well, what am I going to say? What can we say about Karl Marx that hasn't already been said? Do you know what I mean? He's weird looking. He looked weird. Um, He didn't want us to build a multi-million pound podcast, which is against, I'm all about, I want to make enough money to ride a jet ski. You know, I've never been on a jet ski in my life. You know how bad that is? Have you been on a jet ski? No. Exactly. what What I... I always find it funny when comedians are like, I'm a communist. It's like comedy is the most capitalist thing you can do. Of course. You are literally just being like, pay all of you 
should pay me <laughs> to make you happy. Yes. Yeah. Like there's never been a more capitalist exchange. If yeah. I was, if we were communists, we would be like, of course I'll do comedy for free because happiness is for the greater good or <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. I'll, I'll just volunteer. McIntyre volunteer or working in uh, Oxfam in the day and then doing Wembley at night. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it, you still could. That's yeah, yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. You don't you, need, you it wouldn't but change But we, we all want the jet skis. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. Karl Marx made people People think there was something wrong with that. I do agree. Let's tax the rich more and stuff. But Jesus Christ, get away from my jet ski. You know, <laughs> it's funny as well with communists. When you meet them, usually young kids or students, it's, uh, everyone when they leaves university gets robbed or starts paying bills. You know, <laughs> something <laughs> happens in their life. They become, you know, it's because every, you know, my parents' era were all in the 80s, and they're like, fuck Thatcher. And it's like, yeah, now, you know, everyone who votes Tory is suspiciously that age bracket. You know, everyone who was in Woodstock would have voted Thatcher in when she got in. And so it's always younger people, and they're always like the stingiest fuckers you've ever met. You'd be like, can I have a filter? It's like, why don't you buy your own? And you're like, but what? I thought, I've got the Rizzers, you've got the tobacco and filters. Let's, let's share it around. But no. It's never like that. Usually rich kids from North London as well. I hate to say it. What do they say? Capitalism's for the poor, communism's for the rich. It doesn't quite work like that because <laughs> capitalism isn't for the poor. But communism does seem to be quite a sort of comfortable ideology. And I think a lot of people who believe in it never think it's actually going to come true. So it's a nice thing to espouse at dinner parties. You know? Like, I'm a communist. I'm going to share my cocaine tonight. It's usually that. It's always funny because people are like, uh, oh, I want to, I wish this country, you know, it's like, we, there are communist countries. Go live mm. your dream. Yeah. Venezuela. <laughs> bye bye. What about North Korea? I heard it's very good over there. You want to see Kim in his leather jacket the other day? Looks like everyone's having a great time. <laughs> so there we go. Karl Marx, Dick of the Year. Don't at us in the comments. If you're a student, you will grow up. You will get robbed of your e-scooter and you will vote Tory. Um, not yet. Not for me anyway. I'm not going to vote Tory ever. Red is also not going to vote Tory. No, we're just playing around on the pod. Anyway, see you next week. Um, it's been another great episode, hasn't it, Bobby? I think so. Hey, if you don't follow us on social media, do that. Yes. We have an Instagram, a Twitter, a TikTok, a Facebook page. Just follow us and then you can, you know. Stay up to date with what we're doing. Yeah. There's going to be lots happening. At the year is pod. On every platform. That's our handle. At the year is pod. Thank you very much for listening. We will hope to, uh, well, no, we will not hope to. We will see you next week. Thank you. You want to say thanks to them, Bobby? Thank you. That was another episode of The Year Is. Thank you very much for listening. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. It all helps. I'd like to thank our producer, Jody, And also I'd like to thank uh, Josh Weller for our intro music and song. It's, uh, it's very catchy. It's very nice. I'm sure you'll enjoy it at the beginning. So big thanks for Josh Weller. He's on Instagram at Josh Weller. Josh Weller. Follow him and uh, keep spreading the word of The Year Is. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>